Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. This might be the last episode for this week, as we mm. as we are getting ready for Pesach. A lot of people, a lot of people traveling, a lot of people driving all over the world, which I think is kind of a new phenomenon. But anyways, welcome back to the Daily Thread. We're happy to have you here. Do you do you think it's a new phenomenon? People driving to Orlando in Florida, like no, no, it's not Orlando. It's a whole, it's a whole uh, uh, WhatsApp group infrastructure. I know, but I this was, is all within the last like seven years, no? Well, I I think uh, most of it really uh, caught people's attention uh, when the hotels didn't open because of COVID, and uh, the only way to go if you wanted to go, if you were determined to go away for Yanta, the only way. To do that was to rent a home in, um, in number one, the only way to do it was to rent a home in Orlando, number one. Number two, uh, even if you made a reservation in a hotel, there was a lot of risk involved that the health department, for this reason or that reason, would close them down. And then not only would you lose your money, uh, but you would also have uh, not have a place to go for, for Yontif. So, you know, people try to imagine that they can control their destiny uh, in one way or another, even though everything is in the hands of God, uh, as we know. But uh, we live with a little bit, a little bit of denial uh, that we think we control things. So anyway, when it comes to something really is that looms as large as Yontif, I mean, Pesach is large. You know, it's, it's, it's really been dominating uh, the thought process in the home for weeks already. And now... Yantav one starts. Yantav starts Wednesday night. I mean, it's Monday. Uh, it's Monday, and you, you would think that Yantav started already. Uh, I mean, there's like a different feeling in the air. Don't you feel it? Don't you feel different this week than previous than last week? Yeah, definitely feels definitely feels more. Uh, well, Yantav, you feel you feel Yantav, Dick. Yeah, Yantav is Yantav is upon us. It's very exciting, um, and it's funny. Just as just as like. As quick as it starts is how quick it is. As quick as it ends, and I think as Jews, we the second Purim was over, we were worried about Pesach, and the second Pesach's over, we're already thinking about what Shavuos, and then uh, <laughs> and then Tisha B'av, well, and then Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and then the cycle starts again. Well, first of all, you should try not to do that. You know, uh, just the you know you know how long a day really is. You know, uh, just think of uh, uh, like a Sunday, a day that your your wife leaves you taking care of your kid. The entire day, <laughs> and you'll see, and you really see how long a day is. Yeah, you know, truly, and that's especially, that's especially if you think time flies. All you have to do is spend like a, a Sunday with your grandchildren, and you look at the clock, and it's one o'clock, and you look at the clock three hours later, and it's like ten after one. You know, and and you know, the, the, the time just like stalls, it just like uh, uh, just like stops. Listen, you gotta so, you gotta savor. That's that's. It's the slogan of our one of our programs, that meaningful minute pause. It's got to savor the moments that matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's exactly right. You have to live. Uh, what's it called? Uh, mindfulness. Yes. Is that what it is? That's the key word. Mindfulness. That is. You have to. You have to live in the moment. Don't think about. Don't dwell on the past too much. Don't worry about the future so much. You know, live and enjoy today. If you, if Monday, if you're, if you're scampering around. You know, to buy stuff to prepare for uh, for the Antif, that in and of itself is a beautiful thing, and uh, and and a great uh, mitzvah. And hopefully, uh, you could do it in an enjoyable way, and you don't get bogged down with uh, with problems. Absolutely. So we ended off last week's episode, the last episode of the week, speaking about the Pesach Hotel in Atlantic City that was meant supposed to take place, and which left hundreds of families sort of scrambling for Yantif <coughs> yeah. without mm-hmm. a place Sorry. to be. I know that you had spoken to a number of 
entertainers that were supposed to be at this Pesach hotel for Yantif, and you asked them what their plans are, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, you know what? I really I wrote to a few of them, and I really only spoke to Yehuda Green. You know Yehuda Green. Um, yeah. So I was I was feeling kind of bad for people that got stuck in this situation. However, it unfolded. I'm just looking for Yehuda's email to me. So I was feeling bad. I know Yehuda. He lives on the west side. He's He's the like the main uh, personality in the Kalbach Shul on West 79th Street and Riverside Drive. I was feeling kind of bad for him, but I said to him, "So, what are you doing for Yantif in the end?" You know, what he wrote back to me. He says, "Hi, how are you?" He says, "So, for the first days, I'm going to San Diego as a as a program called Worldwide Kosher in San Diego." Uh, because Sunday night Halamite concert in Atlantic City was canceled. So on Monday, he's going to a program in Atlanta. And then for the last two days, he's going to a program in Colorado. Okay, hold up. He was not, it does not sound like he was meant to be going to Atlantic City for Yontif. He was just going to no, perform no, one no. night. Nachi, the, the entertainers, if you look in the ad, uh, the entertainers were not going to sit there for nine days like the guests. The, entertainers don't make money from sitting in one place. Yeah. You know? um, I don't know what the other ones are doing. I, I reached out to a couple of others. Um, I really haven't. Uh, Really heard back from them. Uh, so from them, yeah. yeah. So, so the the man named Heshi who ran this program, he was on Zev Brenner, and they had an hour conversation, and he says something interesting. Did you watch it? I watched, Did you watch it. I watched. I watched bits and pieces of it, but you pointed out to me that he said something along the lines of, "People should have bought travelers insurance." Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that uh, that that spent a lot of money on Pesach. Um, I guess if you're staying home and you have a lot of guests, you really can't get uh, insurance for that. <laughs> if you could, everybody would buy insurance. Yeah. Uh, if if they didn't like the uh, you know the, the eggs and salt water, or the uh, schnitzel, uh, but um, uh, but <laughs> what are you laughing about? But um, I guess it, it's typical for travel insurance. But you know, uh, we spent money many many years on a lot of money on Pesach. I I don't think I ever bought travel insurance because. Uh, Thank God, over 30-plus years, I never had a program canceled. Yeah, you kind of expect uh, that if you're going to pay for a product, that you'll sort of get that product. Yeah, I, I don't think you could, um, I don't think you could, uh, you know, make a claim on your insurance because you didn't like the program, because the soup wasn't hot. I mean, that could be an interesting kind of insurance that maybe someone will uh, will will develop, uh, put onto the market someday. You know, if the food wasn't good, wasn't up to par, or if the steak was too tough, you know, maybe you could make an insurance claim. I think people think that you're being serious now, and you're not. Well, I don't think you. I don't think they need you to explain when I'm serious and when I'm not serious. <laughs> you know, I think it's pretty easy to figure out. No, it's not because you, you you do it without a you do it without even laughing. <laughs> you're just saying it. Well, I want to make sure that I'm heard clearly. Well, so part of me kind of thinks I, that you maybe you're half kidding, and you kind of hope that they have an insurance that exists like that. No, as I was, frankly, if you want to dissect what I said, actually, while I was saying it, I was thinking to myself, we might have something there. <laughs> that, <laughs> might, <laughs> that might be an idea for down, yeah. for down the road. I, I was in a hotel many, many years ago, and I remember that uh, there was, it was a couple. It was friends of ours. You guys were very young. You may not even have been born yet. Uh, but uh, one of them had one baby, uh, the couple, and they didn't get a crib in their room. Uh, so, in those, believe it or not, I got to tell you something very shocking, Nachi. Once upon a time, you used to uh, pay for your Pesach program after Yantif was over. You know, just like you check out of a hotel, you used to go to Yantif, go away for Yantif, spend 
whatever you spent there, five days, ten days, whatever it was. Sometimes it was attached to a shop, but sometimes it wasn't. And if the yantif was over, you got off the checkout line at the, at the front desk, and you paid your bill. You wrote a check, or you gave a credit card, or you, or you paid cash. There ain't no such thing anymore. No one gets in a key to a room in a hotel unless they have paid up 100%. Anyway, this person didn't get a crib for their room for their baby. And they didn't like it, so um, they didn't pay their bill. Uh, let's say it was a, I don't know. Let's say it was a five thousand dollar bill, something like that. They they took the they went and they took the the management of the hotel, the management that was leasing the hotel for Yontif, and they took them to a dintora that they shouldn't have to pay uh, for the uh, for the whole stay because their baby didn't have a crib and they had to put a blanket on the on the floor and the baby slept uh, slept on the floor. So you know, uh, I think. You're talking about 30 years ago or more. Who won the so Torah? Um, who won the Torah? Um, I think in the end they had to pay. I kind I mean, of feel like there. no. I, I have a, I have a kid, and if, if you don't have a bed or a crib for your baby, that's brutal. All right. So um, well, what do you parent, do? You, you always got to come prepared. You don't pay. You know. <laughs> you don't. You don't pay at all. Oh, this is before they invented pack and plays. Really. Uh, you know. You 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 have to anticipate that uh, if you can make a reservation and you have a a one-year-old child or an eight-month-old that you're going to have a place uh, for them to sleep. Did they, did they have pillows? But, did they have pillows in your days? Um, yeah, there was there, there was pillows. Uh, there there was pillows, not enough, but there <laughs> but but there, there usually was not a problem. Usually, yeah. Well, pillows. Mitzvah, everyone have a beautiful yontif. You know, unfortunately, me and you we saw each other the other night in Muncie. Um, not unfortunate because we saw each other, but unfortunate because of the circumstances in which we had to see each other. We went to be Menachem Avala family in Muncie, um, <coughs> Topper, Topperovitz, who lost their their father, their husband, uh, at a, too young of an age, 39 years old, passed away suddenly on Thursday night. Levaya was Friday, and it left, it left a, a young family, a young wife, a young mother, five five or six little kids, the oldest being you know fourteen years old, and in in uh, the most vulnerable and and literally the most awful position that a family could be in. Okay, let's uh, let's take a moment and back up and explain why we why we were there. Um, you know, it was much of Shabbos. It was already close to ten o'clock at night. You know, I was getting ready to hunker down, uh, and. Um, and then uh, your sister uh, Malki uh, uh, called to say that uh, she's going to Muncie. And uh, she spoke to Ima. She said, "Go to Muncie. You want to come with me?" Uh, and, and Jeremy didn't want her to to go alone. And so Ima said, "Yeah, I'll get up. I'll get dressed. I'll, I'll go with you." So I said, "She's going. I'll go." You know. And uh, we, we went there because um, uh, how did it work? Uh, one of her friends called you. How did that work? How did that somebody? Develop? Yeah. Somebody. Listen. It's obviously a tar. It was a terrible situation over, over there, as you can imagine. And you know, Malki is someone who went through, you know, eerily similar circumstance. Very, very. Yes, similar. it was. Uh, it, it was four year four years ago. Her uh, um, her husband uh, Maishi, uh, our son in law, your your brother in law, just went to work one day and uh, collapsed in his office and. Uh, and, and that was it, and, and it was three weeks. It was three weeks, three weeks before Yantif. Yeah, you know, compared compared to what that this family has to deal with, it looks like a luxury. It does you know? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, because you you need time to assimilate the 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 emotions in in, in your system, yeah. and um, 
And, you know, when we got there, Master Shabbos, uh, we were told, uh, Malki was told, that the uh, the kids were downstairs. People were being Menachem Oval. You know, people were there. And uh, the rabbi of the shul was there. And they said that uh, the woman, the mother, is not coming out of her room. She's not coming out of her room. And um, and and uh, Malki went upstairs, and she sat with her for about an hour. And... Um, you know, I'm not going to go into the the details. It was almost of, two. It was almost, com- it was almost two hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go into the details of the conversation, but uh, I will tell you. Um, I will share with you, unless you have it, uh, a text that your sister uh, Dini got this morning um, from a woman who said the following uh, to Dini. She said, "Hi, Dini. It's so and so. Please thank your sister, Malki." A million times over. Whatever she said to the widow uh, got her out of her bed, and she was present and downstairs with her children yesterday sitting shiva. So, you know. Listen, when someone, it's such an, an important, stark reminder that when, when someone or goes through something, they're equipped and they're in a un, unique position to be able to use the skills that, which maybe they didn't even want to have or develop, but the skills that they developed and the experience that they developed, and you can use those experiences and those skills to help the next person. And it's sort of is that's what makes that's what makes society better is when each per, you know, each person is using those those skills. But there's there's a big difference between you know learning those skills in uh, college by taking uh, psychology and uh, courses and social work courses and having uh, lived through it. And being able to look back four years later and say, yeah, I was there. And you know what? I have to tell you that uh, the, the, girl's, uh, the girl's father was walking around the kitchen. And I had a little chat with him. And I told him in my own way, I told him that, you know what? You're walking around here pacing back and forth tonight. That's what I was, that's what I was doing four years ago around this very uh, same time of year. I didn't say to him, you know, three days after his son-in-law uh, died and, and and was was buried, I didn't say to him, "Don't worry, everything is going to be okay." Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's appropriate uh, at that uh, at that point. But uh, they have to, you know, they have to just see you standing there. And I think uh, I don't know what Malky said to the to the woman involved. I think her name is Zahava. I don't know what she said. I, I know some of what she said that is going to stay private. Uh, you know, I'm not going to blurt it out over the over the internet, but uh, I, I don't think, um, I think she uh, gained a lot by seeing her, seeing her walk in and, and seeing that four years later she's alive and well and her kids are uh, uh, growing up and developing uh, uh, in a good way and normally and the extra added attraction, Baruch Hashem, <laughs> she got married a year ago, just about a year ago, and she has Baruch Hashem uh, a good and, and happy marriage and a, and, a, and a great husband. Now, this is not something you could tell someone necessarily, but Maggie did tell me that she told this woman that, listen, um, you know, I ran my family pretty much myself with the help of my family and my friends for three years, and then a guy from Toronto fell on me, uh, fell out of the sky onto, into my life about a year ago. So, you know, we don't understand the 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 the, the ways of the of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's, yeah. it's, it's purpose. We're purposely designed not to understand it. So it's not a it's not a chisarin or a deficit or a deficiency in 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 how we think or who we are. Uh, you know, but I wrote about it this week a little bit. 
some of what I just said I, I shared uh, in, in, in the paper, but it's preparing for Pesach in a, in a different kind of way. These people are going to have Pesach just like everybody else listening to this. They're going to have Pesach. They're going to be. They're going to have a seder. They're going to be sitting around a table. The father's going to be missing, and every day they're going to be adjusting, you know, in a palpable and in a in a in a in a visual way that if you were watching it, you'd be able to see. They're going to be, uh, you know, um, not getting comfortable with the new situation, but learning how to learning how to live with it. And the second part of my story is on a completely different subject. It's about a, a young man um, from uh, New York, I'm not giving you too much information, who unfortunately got into a bad situation uh, in, in a domestic uh, violence dispute uh, and um, also has uh, some drug issues and has been in Rikers Island for the last six weeks. Really? Um, you know, a Shomrei Torah mitzvah guy, a from guy, and um, as we characterize it, and they're trying to get him out. Um, they're trying to get him out. Uh, they're not going to be successful getting him out before Pesach, uh, but they have a deal with the district attorney to put him into drug rehab um, in Los Angeles uh, right after Yantif. Um, you know, but the uh, the DA, the the prosecutor, because of the guy's history, wanted to make sure that. Uh, he's not going to skip out of um, out of treatment this time. Uh, apparently, he has in the past, and and that uh, it's going to be paid for. At least, I think the first two months of the treatment will be paid for. I think it's a four month program, uh, and we and and they needed to raise uh, thirty thousand dollars, and uh, your brother Yochanan and some other people were involved in that, and it took a day and a half, and they put the thirty thousand dollars in the bank to be able to tell the district attorney in Queens that they have the money. And when the guy's released, he's going straight to Los Angeles. You know what? Believe it or not, two things let me tell you about that. The only reason he can't go to Los Angeles before Yontif is because there's no beds available in the drug rehab center in L.A. So okay, he's got to be in Rikers Island for Yontif? <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be in Rikers, and there's two people. They're gonna, there's going to be a Chabad Shleich who's gonna, uh, is either going to be there or is going to walk over from someplace uh, and... And he's going to have a Seder for two people. You know who it's two people? This, there's only two from people in, in Rikers Island. This guy and Donald Trump's uh, chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, who was sentenced to 100, year, 100 days, I almost said 100 years, 100 days uh, in prison, coming down to the end of his sentence. But he's going to be there over Pesach, and uh, there's going to be a, a Seder for, for, for these two people. So, you know... You're talking about, you know, walking around the aisles and your favorite matzah is not on the shelf anymore and you're kind of losing it because yeah. you like a certain thin matzah and it's not there. Or you can't find the white horseradish. You only see the red horseradish and you want white horseradish with your fish. So you got, you got, you kind of lose it. But the point I'm trying to make is that there's different levels of preparation for Pesach. That's what I think I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, I spoke to somebody. You got my drift. I got your drift. I spoke to somebody the other day who. He's in the catering business, and he had told me he he made eight thousand meals for people who are incarcerated around the country. Um, wow. Pesach, Pesach, Pesach meals. And wow. listen, you know, Pesach is a time of redemption, and um, everyone everyone gets a seder, and everyone has a different one, and everyone approaches it differently and prepares differently. 
But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a time of redemption. It's a time that that we look back to the days that we were freed from its rhyme and we we try to imply that and we try to apply it to the life we live nowadays and free ourselves well, from this current gullus. As you can see from the two stories that we were just talking about, uh, people get into situations um, due to nothing that they've done. They end up in a situation or a circumstance. And then there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's people that get into problematic situations because of a self-inflicted type of, uh, type of problem. Yeah. But, um, you know, if a guy gets into, uh, gets into a, a domestic violence situation uh, or, or has a drug problem, you know, you could, you could, he didn't have the choice. He didn't have the choice to not, he had a choice not to do it, not to get involved in that, but he, he was an addict. Yeah. And the whole objective here is to deal with his addiction and uh, get him on, a, he's a young man, he's about 40 years old, and get him on the straight and narrow path and give him an opportunity, like you said. There's constant opportunities for uh, for redemption. And there's, uh, if you have time to sit back and analyze uh, the untiff that we're about to uh, uh, experience uh, and enjoy, there's a lot of aspects of, of Pesach in particular that I think you could uh, take with you and apply um, and apply really uh, to every day uh, of your life as uh, for the rest of the year, I think. Absolutely. Speaking of the Seder, um, what are some of the tunes that you grew up you grew up with at your Seder? I know there's obviously the generic Manashtana and the generic Visha Amda, Dayenu. What, what is Dayenu, the... Well, Dayenu, you know, Dayenu became famous uh, many, many decades ago. Because it was the it was the music behind a Maxwell House coffee commercial. Really, you know which one? Die, 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 yeah, yeah. When you have a chance, go on YouTube or Google the Maxwell House coffee commercial with Dianu. Believe me, the world didn't know anything about Dianu. It's gonna ruin but my childhood. The word, the word, the word Dianu became part of the the you know. The, the English vernacular, along with uh, chutzpah and a shmir. You know, people just know that dayenu, I don't know if they know what it means necessarily, but secular Jews or Jews that are not not observant necessarily, I think they everyone knows the dayenu tomb. And they don't know, they didn't go to yeshiva, they don't know it from yeshiva. They know it because it was uh, uh, either, either they're old enough to remember the Maxwell House coffee commercial or their parents uh, sang it in the, in the house because because uh, of Maxwell House uh, coffee commercial. I mean, Bahisha Amdo was made famous by what? Miami Boys Choir? That song? Oh. And Yaakov Shweki? What you talking about? Who, who sang the, who sang the, the famous Bahisha Amdo? Yaakov Shweki and, and Yonatan Rizal. But, but, but doesn't that originally sung by Miami? No, that was written by Yonatan Rizal. Okay. That's so which I that, think. That I think it was voted like the song of the century in Israel, that Fahisha Amda. Really? Yeah. Like okay. It's, it's a big All right. deal. All right. Um, so is that, is your, that is your daughter? Is your daughter going to be able to say Manishtana? Is she up to that yet? I don't know. Or it's too I guess, early. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Um, but the, the Chabad. Chabad, the, the they don't they don't do the typical Vihisha Amda, right? They don't do the Shweki Vihisha Amda. No, that's not. That's different. That's different one. That is different. Shweki's different. We have we have our traditional traditional tunes, Vihisha Amda and. Dayenu, you guys did you did the Maxwell Coffee House? 
there's only one Dayenu. Uh, you know another Dayenu? Dayenu. You know any other Dayenu besides that? What did people do before the mat? What, what did people do before that commercial? I guess they only had decaf. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know what they did. I, I don't know what they did. Uh, I think it goes back before my time. Believe it or not, you know. But uh, dinosaurs. That the, dinosaurs. That, that was the Dayenu that uh, that I knew. What did they do in B'nai Brock when they were up a whole night? You know, we start we start uh, we start in the beginning of the uh, of the Haggadah talking about the story about Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Tarfin. Four great sages were sitting in B'nai Brock and talking about the uh, and then their students came in because they they were sitting up a whole night. They were talking about the uh, Mitzrayim and the Talmidim came in. And they said, you know, they said to the rabbis, look, it's already time for, say, Kriyash Mashal Shachris. It's time for Shachris. It's light outside. So the question that I saw asked many, many years ago is, and I think I've repeated it at the Seder probably a couple of hundred times over the years also, how is it that the four greatest sages, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tafin, Rabbi Elizabeth Ben Azariah, uh, um, I know I, I can remember three of them, but uh, of course I always leave out one, uh, Rabbi Tavern, Rabbi, uh, I forgot who, who the fourth one is. I know I mentioned it before. How do you say the four greatest sages of uh, that age, of that time, uh, sat up a whole night talking about Yeshua's Mitzrayim, and they got light outside, and they had to have their students come in and remind them about Kriyashma? Well, the shot is that, of course, they didn't forget to say Kriyashma in, in the right time. The fact they were so uh, submerged in talking about the Haggadah and learning on such a high level that the Torah they were learning and the pshat that they were saying generated a light that deceived the Talmudim into thinking it was light outside, but it was really the light of Torah that they saw. The sun didn't really rise yet. It was still night, and they weren't mechiv yet in Kriyashma. So you're invited to whoever's listening and wants to use that. Uh, I don't know where I saw it, but it was b'shem, many years ago. B'shem who? I don't remember. I don't know where I saw it. To tell you the truth, I don't know. You could say that an Adam uh, Adam Guddle, an Adam Guddle said it uh, 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 many years ago. Absolutely. But well, uh, but we're looking forward. We're looking forward to yeah. this Durham and uh, and uh, and the Shmura Matzah. You know, you don't eat you don't eat matzah the whole first two weeks of Chodesh Nisan, so it should be. It's French. been so hard, and it's been so difficult. Yeah, but you like Shmura Matzah, don't you? I, I not not so much that I'll eat it during the non Pesach days. What do you do with your leftover shmurmans? You, you can't return it to the store. You can't go to customer service in Costco and return your uh, shmurmans. I bet you some people try that. Uh, next I year bet. when we next year when we open up a matzah bakery, we'll we'll try to figure out what what we uh, what we're gonna do with the leftovers. Costco. Uh, everyone, we're wishing you an amazing Yantif. If we're not back with an episode tomorrow, have an amazing Yantif. Will we be, will we be one with Chalmaid? Who knows? Anyways, you can always stay tuned to the Daily Thread WhatsApp status. The link is in the description of this episode in the show notes. Hit that link. You'll be up to date on all future episodes, clips from these episodes, and of course, more news content that is going on in the world as we sit here recording. So thank you so much for listening to the Daily Thread. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you again very, very soon.